Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Zan's Extraordinary Superhero Examination, the podcast where we here at Spire can talk about various superhero-related medias from TV shows, movies, comics, and other things as well. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. Yes, and we're back again to talk about something really cool because, because the, well, let's be honest, we kind of took a bit of a hiatus on the Television Tuesday and one of the TV shows that we wanted to talk about, we were taking a break on. Yeah. And we didn't get to do it, and the entire series is done, so we figured we should do this. Just talk about the whole series. And as opposed to doing it as a TV Tuesday, this is actually a comic-related property, so we're going to be talking about a comic-based TV show. More importantly than that, this is linked as the 24th, between the 24th and 23rd Marvel Cinematic Movie. Between the 24th? Oh, yes, yes. Kind of interesting and weird on that. But remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher. We have a Patreon that's actually going to be launching really soon. Uh, remember to join and remember to like and subscribe. Tell your friends about this. And if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin.com. We're getting Greta an email ASAP. That you will check anyway. Uh, I'm going to put on your phone so you no! can check it. So just go bloom. But it'll just be like dumb geeky things like, hi, I'm a fan. <laughs> or you should talk about this. Rawr. But we digress. So let's get to it because I'm actually excited to talk about this one because this has been a crazy ride. This is the second of the Marvel Studios featured television series. There's a whole slate of them coming out because we're not just getting feature films anymore. We're actually getting television shows that are, that are incorporated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Kind of like what they tried doing with the Netflix shows and with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this did a better job with it, I think. Oh, much, much, much better. And this is the second installment. The first one we talked about was, of course, WandaVision. WandaVision, which, WandaVision. Which dealt with uh, Wanda Maximoff and her version of... It was really her grieving. Vision. It's a story about her grieving, which is cool because these... It's just like the actual Marvel films. Each one is its own genre piece, its own way. And they have different subtext on it. It's not just a, this is a superhero movie. It's no. But that one was also a really cool one shot. But you really see Wanda grow and grow her powers. Yes. But it was also set up as a TV show, which made sense. Every 30 minutes and it fit like a TV show. This one we're going to be talking about felt more like it should have been just one movie. Like one super long movie. Yeah. And that's kind of... That you would of, just have like multiple intermissions for. Kind of an issue we're going to talk about in a bit. Because the other part is that this takes place a few months after the events of Avengers Endgame. It takes place six months after that. The WandaVision took place three weeks after what happened in Endgame. Then we had Spider-Man Far From Home, which took place I think a month and a half, I believe. Because it was a school trip. Right? So it all depends on when it was taking place. Just as afterwards. And each one focuses on different elements of, well, you could call it the snap or you could call it the blip. However you want to put it, each one focused on a different interpretation of this. Because when we saw it in Endgame, it was just no one's there, then everybody's back, everything is good. In Spider-Man Far From Home, it was kind of like a, oh, people disappeared, then they magically came back. It's so weird. The kids who were teenage or young children are now teenagers our age. Womp, 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 womp. Yeah, your younger sibling is now older than you. And all the weird things happening there. And the only But real... you didn't see real impact. 
the only impact was that uh, Aunt May and Peter were now homeless. They lost their apartment and they now had to live somewhere else. And this is actually leading to Aunt May starting the Feast organization, which that she works at in the, the comics. So that does make sense. But nothing really crazy. In WandaVision, we actually get the initial reaction that occurs, which is truly horrific. It's like people just fading in. They say, where's my wife? I gotta find my wife. Where's my wife? And then things... Like utter chaos. And what happened with Monica, which, slight spoilers, as we said in the opening, there's spoilers in this. Monica's like, where's my mom? And she's like... She died two years ago after you disappeared for three years. So it's kind of devastating. And in this one, it's six months later, and we've seen how the world has changed again. It's just such a weird concept. And this way, it seems like, from what I understand, it seems that the original people in power have gotten back in power, and they've kind of overthrown everybody who was in charge and was making things better to keep things at the status quo. So all the things that occurred over the last five years, they want to just reset by putting them in resettlement populations. And putting everybody back where they came from. Which messes things up really bad. Let's be honest, it's going to cause a lot of problems. And that's a fascinating topic that this covers. But this also covers legacy, it covers truth, and it, it... covers the past in this really unique story that I wouldn't have expected from this premise because this we would have thought it was just a straight up adventure story but it's more than that. And what is the TV show that we're talking about? Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, The Falcon and Winter Soldier which was on Disney Plus distributed by Disney well, the official title is Disney Distribution and released and produced by Marvel Studios. Now some fun facts uh, beforehand we start. Um, this show is directed by Kari Skogland, who I think did a decent job directing it. It was produced executively by Kevin Feige, Louis D'Esposito, Victoria Alonso, and Malcolm Spellman. The cinematographer for this, who did a pretty good job, PJ Dillon. Again, production company Marvel Studios, distribution. I mean, it felt like a movie. It did. Uh, some of the graphics were amazing in this, and they were movie quality. And the original release for this was March 9th through April 23rd. And for since this is a geeky superhero show, let's get into some big geekiness. First off, um, this is based on specific characters from the Marvel Comics universe. We have uh, Falcon, a.k.a. Sam Wilson, who was created by Stan Lee and Ian Cullen in 1969. But then he debuted later on as Captain America in 2014. We have Bucky Barnes, who was created by Jack Kirby and Stanley all the way back in 1941. Yeah, forever How- ago. However, his alternative personality, the Winter Soldier, was created by Ed Brubaker and Steve Eptane in 2005. Of course, we have John Walker, a.k.a. the U.S. Agent, who was created by Mark Grunwald and Paul Neary in 1986. Uh, Baron Zemo was created by Stanley Jack Kirby in 1964, but this incarnation, Helmet Zemo, was created by Roy Thompson, Tony Isabella, and Sal Buscemi all the way back in 1974, which is kind of smart. You're going to kill a character off. And then the last major character we're going to be talking about, Isaiah Bradley, was created by Axel Alonso, Robert Morales, and Kyle Baker in 2003 for a specific run comic called Truth, Red, White, and Black. So, uh... We should get into actually the people who are playing these random people. So we the show is starring Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stain, Wyatt Russell, Clee Bennett, Aaron Kellerman, Danny Ramirez, George St. Pierre, Adepero Odea, 
Don Cheadle, Carl Lumby, Daniel Brühl, Emily Van Camp, Alfie Horth, Florence Kasimba, Julia Lewis Dreyfus, Elijah Richardson, and Ken Takamoto. Not in that order. <laughs> and so, how do so? How would you describe the basic premise of this show? The 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 what the show's about in under two sentences. You always ask me this, and I'm always like, pre- like, not prepared for it. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier are two superheroes figuring out what to do without Captain, Captain America. His two best friends who fought by his side are trying to carry the torch from his disappearance. Yes, that's it exactly. It's just after Endgame, if we remember, um... Steve Rogers went to the past, created a variant timeline. He lived in that. Then he came back to our timeline where he pretty much gave his shield to Sam Wilson. And now it's six months later and Sam is dealing with the repercussions of being given the honor of being the next Captain America. And he has to wonder if he should take it, if he shouldn't. And his decisions lead to a lot of the issues happening in this show. But on the other end, we have a group of radicals who've shown up. They are against. Well, they're against the political stuff of the global the ref, the, the refugees that have been blipped back or yes reshown the... back up and have absolute nothing, no money, no food, no medicine. And there's a new organization that's shown up, the Global Repatriation Council, or the GRC, who they say they're doing the best to help people out, but really what they're doing is, you're refugees, live in our camps, we'll take care of you, maybe. And then we're going to send you back. Back to where? We're not sure. But we're just going to send you back. Then it's going to be their problem. So a new group has shown up that wants to stop them completely. Who wants to tear things down. Well, it starts off by them wanting to do the right thing and get medical supplies and get food. And then it turns into a big political... They become terrorists, essentially. From what it is. And they're known as the Flag Smashers. And I do like the fact that their whole thing is they use an app. And it's all like flash mobs. It's like, here, we do a, uh, our app goes off, and then we get everybody together and do a flash mob so no one knows what's going on. And that controlled chaos we do need to do. And sometimes it's as simple as stealing money or food. And then later on, it gets more and more dangerous as it goes up. And the leader of the group is someone who's a teenager. She's young and... Idealistic? I don't... I think she starts out being idealistic. She starts out wanting to do the right thing. And then just like it always happens... Somebody gets a little bit of power and it starts to go to their head. Yes. And then the rules don't apply to you. So she starts thinking, of course I can do it. It's not killing somebody if I do it. And then it's, oh, it doesn't matter. Our our movement's moving forward. Even if we break the laws, it's not going to stop. We're going to keep going until we get what we want. And it's never enough, it seems. She's pushing it further and further and further. And it's an interesting concept because the original character that the movement's based on is a radical who wants to destroy borders and is very, that's what his deal is. He's a horrible person. He's a flag smasher named Carl Morgenthau and they converted into a terrorist organization which is led by a teenager named Carly. It's an interesting switch to it but because he starts out more relatable but by the end of the series she loses that relatability and that sympathy. Because she becomes crazy. She does, which goes into something else which they talk about in the show. So we have all these things going on. We have uh, 
Sam giving up the shield to the Smithsonian, and then a random senator. Literally, he's a random senator. He does not have a name. It's just U.S. Senator. Yep. Which it just makes no sense that this major player is just U.S. Senator. It's not Senator Jonathan Zabaza. It's no, it's just U.S. Senator takes the shield from the Smithsonian and gives it to a new person that they're going to have as their new Captain America because the. Well, I don't think it was him that gave it. I I don't think I think it was him on paper that gave it. I think it was a group. Somebody else made the decision. Right? Yes, but they decide because they need someone to be Captain America, and since technically. Cap gave the shield to Sam. Sam's not good enough on paper. He's not the right quality. So they want someone who will fit the mold better. You know, someone who's a soldier, who has three medals of honor, who's awesome. So they end up giving the Captain America identity to a guy named John Walker. Not my Cap. Played by Wyatt Russell. And when you first see him, most people are like, who is this jerk? And the first episode we get in touch with him... It actually is kind of, you're like, I can respect this guy. This guy wants to do what's right. He's got a sweet wife, and you're like, okay, I can see this. He's a war hero. He's a team player. He's trying, and then... Nope. He, it just gets to his head, and it's not him being, he's being a good soldier, and just, he thinks that Captain America is being Captain America. It's not Captain America is the man. Now... We've been skipping around a bit because we didn't even speak about the fact that Bucky is a major point of this. Now, Bucky, the Winter Soldier, last we saw him, he was wanted by governments hiding out in Wakanda. Well, after the events of Endgame, he's been pardoned. But the deal is he essentially has a parole officer, his therapist, that he has to see every single week and talk about what's going on. And he is working on a plan, which is he has to find every single person he's wronged and he's going to either stop them or apologize to them saying, "I'm my name's... Uh, James Buchanan Barnes, I am no longer the Winter Soldier. Almost a, uh, I don't want to say reparations, but it's... He's like making amends. Yes. In Acknowledging. Some, and some parts are really good about it. Like he's getting corrupt people off the streets, but then there's some people who he actually hurt really bad, and he can't tell them the truth. He becomes friends with this old man who, he's the only person to interact with this old man. He's treating him well, but in reality, he's not telling him, yeah, I killed your son. I know it's your son. I know I killed him and I have to tell you, but I don't want to tell you. because but I really don't want to say. He's dealing with that stress. And then the new Captain America using his friend's name is, is not cool. Because he's like, we have to steal the shield. Immediately, he's like, dude, we got to steal the shield from this asshole. Yeah. Because they're still butting heads. Because they were friends of the same... It's the thing of, you have one friend... And you're friends with them. And then there's someone else who's friends with that friend. But they're not your friend. So it's like, do you still hang out with them now that your friend is gone? It's more along the lines of, well, he was my friend first. Yeah, but we're also still friends. Yeah, but I've known him longer. It's like, I can respect you, but we're not friends. But now he's gone. And now, should we still be friends? Should we not be friends? It's kind of buddy cop-ish a little bit. But you do have all these... It's a cute, challenging dynamic that they struggle with. But it becomes true friendship. It just continues to grow. It does. And while all this is going on, we have these elements happening. At one point, in or- we find out also that the Flag Smashers are also enhanced. They've had the Super Soldier Serum, and they need to find out where it came from. 
And unfortunately, the only person who knows enough about the Super Soldier Serums is Baron Zemo, who's currently in prison in Munich. So they have to get assist him in breaking out. Actually, they didn't even need to. He already had a plan to break out. <laughs> well, no, they broke him out. No, he broke himself out. He just needed a, a window. That's mm. all he needed. He broke out. We found that he's a Baron. I love that he's like, he's like yeah, I'm a Baron. And, but that was kind of weird because he's like, I hate everybody because I lost my family. But the minute he's out, he's like... I'm a baron. I'm rich. I have money. I have cars. It's like, what happened to that whole I'm sad about my family thing? Money doesn't buy you. No, but he was grieving and he was going to put a bullet in his head in Civil War. And now he's like, yeah. Yeah, but just because you have money and planes and cars and stuff doesn't mean that he can't buy his family back. Yeah. It seems like more like he was using the money as a means to an end. But anyway, it explains a lot. And we actually get introduced to something that I really enjoyed. We get a fictional Marvel City finally introduced in the MCU. And it's one which is connected to the X-Men universe. We were hoping maybe there'd be an X-Men thing. No, there's not. I'm talking about Madripoor. Madripoor is the shadow loo of the MCU. It's that one area where only criminals live in. And it's where it's lawless and you have just... It's like Gotham without any of the good people. No, Gotham is not Madripoor because they're still... Uh, they're still it's not run by criminals. This is a criminal city. It's like most Eisley. It's like... Um, and Madripoor's... Uh, my brain doesn't work today. It's okay. But Madripoor is very similar to like... Uh, it's just a criminal city. And it's run by a person known as the Power It's like broker. Tortuga. Yes. Yes. It's like Tortuga. That's perfect. Uh, that's it. It's a pirate city, and it's run by the power broker, who no one knows who they are, but everyone is afraid of them. And I do love the fact that everywhere you saw the eye saying, the power broker is watching, and it's a criminal city. And we find out that one of, um, well, one of the former agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in Madripoor, someone who got now banished from the United States, Sharon Carter. That storyline went to hell really bad. Yeah, I don't... We already said that there was spoilers. Yeah. I don't. I didn't want her to be the bad guy. I mean, yeah, because we thought maybe she's, she's, she's working for the power broker, but no, it's she's the power broker. I didn't want her to be the bad guy. They set up this whole thing and they just kind of dropped it off. You have that going on. You have uh, also, because Bucky broke out uh, Zemo, there's another party interested in getting hold of Zemo. Who wants him? The power broker? Oh, the the uh, Wakanda warriors. The Dora Milaje want yes. his, They want his head on a pike. They, they well on a vibra- vibranium pike. He did kill their king. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. So they want him dead, and they're kind of pissed off at. Um, they're super pissed. They're not kind of pissed. They're like no, they're pissed off. They're and- showing restraint by not killing him in the middle of the street, and also killing Bucky because Bucky they helped out. And he's and they're saying, "What the hell? We helped you out. We fixed you. They, we made sure that you're no longer brainwashed, and you repay us by releasing this asshole." Well, we're gonna get him, and we're gonna make sure he pays. That's like okay. And I think the reason one thing is, I think the reason why the Dora Milaje are not gonna kill him is because of the fact that T'Challa probably said he wants to die. Because he does want to die. And it's the whole the the living are not done with you. So they're going to stretch out his, his pain, which is, a, which is a nice touch. And this just... And I get it. I get it. It's... Okay, you have to live with it. You have to live with everything that you've done, knowing what you've done. 
And this leads to, uh, turns out that the power broker had some super soldier serum samples that were stolen by the Flag Smashers. Zemo kills the guy who made the serum, so this makes it even more kind of a MacGuffin because of the fact that they have the only perfect versions of the super soldier serum. And then, of course, Zemo finds it, destroys most of it, but there's one vial left. And who finds the vial? Not my cat finds the vial. John Walker finds it. And instead of being like, I don't think this is a good idea to put this stuff in my veins, he shoots up immediately and goes crazy and proceeds to bludgeon a guy who kills his partner in a very epic scene. And I know we're going over this and speeding over all the elements really fast, but we did, we wanted to cover a lot of this. And we didn't even talk about uh, Isaiah Bradley, which is a major point of the show. But overall, ends up with Sam realizing that he has to rise up to become Captain America. Because Captain America is not a, just a symbol or an ideal. It's the mentality of doing better. Being better. And working together. Not being the, I'm a super cop. Because like Ernstein's, Dr. Ernstein said in Captain America, it's not being a perfect soldier. But a good man. Is that, that's the doctor who found him? Yep, that's the, yep. Yeah. He would be rolling in his grave if he met this Cap. Well, he's no longer Cap. He's now U.S. agent. Well, yeah, but he would have been, because he would have been like, nope, that's not our man. No. In his old man German accent. That's not. And so overall, this show was very, it felt like a, it felt like a movie, not like a TV movie, like a real movie, which was well done. And the film... Or like a super highly addictive miniseries that needs to have a movie. Which is actually, we're going to talk about the future of this franchise Mm -hmm. in a bit. However, the series goes a very interesting path of up, down, up, down, and then it gets you interested. It's got a solid cast. It's going well. It's cruising high. You're still interested. There's a couple of bumps. You're still doing really good. And then it doesn't stick the landing wait when it did not doesn't stick the landing too no the ending of the series overall if you think the episode didn't exactly because of some of the issues i like where it ended but it needs a movie like if they if if they just left it like this and just walked away from it uh here half uh so going over the episodes in, in order rank i would say that the best episode was episode five, Truth. I think that was the best episode. That's when after uh, Cap and... Uh, not Cap. It's uh, Sam and Bucky get the shield back from Walker after fighting him. And it's them interacting and them essentially just being bros. It's the best character development episode. Ah. It deals with them uh, dealing with the Isaiah Bradley oh. issue. Which, the thing is, it's not an issue. It's Isaiah Bradley was the first super soldier. Well... Technically, the first super soldier after Captain America in the MCU. And he did the exact same thing that Steve Rogers did. And instead of him being lauded as a hero, he was arrested, put in prison, and experimented on. Because he was one. Of, he was uh, African-American in the U.S. during that time, which is kind of sad. That... Kind of like... But I don't want to... It's not going to be the right words. It's a backlash no matter what I say. But... I like the way that they resolved it. And I like when Bucky came back and said, I don't think Steve and I knew what it meant to give you the shield. Yeah. Because they, they were truly looking at the man's character and not the man. And they did. And he feel Bucky, you could tell, felt bad that he was 
under that much pressure because being an African-American made it so much harder. And Isaiah, first, Sam tries to give him the shield. He's like, get that thing away from me. He's, He's like, like, no self-respecting black American man. would want that. And it was like, whoa. And Sam's he's like, we'll tell him the truth. We'll let him know. And he's like, do you think you don't think that they try to bury me the minute I was revealed to be alive? Because yeah. he faked his death in order to, to escape prison. And it's it's a heartbreaking moment, but it's one of the better episodes of the show. But going back in the order, I'd say it's that. Then it's probably episode four, the, the whole world is watching. Because that deals with the whole Zemo manipulating everybody to escape. And we have... John Walker going crazy. Well, let's be honest, a little crazier. And he has a legitimate reason why he's upset. I mean, his best friend gets killed. Well, they say that by the, the flag smashers. He, oh, 100%. In four. But they say that the serum doesn't change the man, it amplifies him. Kind of like alcohol does. Like, if you're a fun, happy go lucky person and then you go drinking and you get drunk, you're like super happy, super like it brings out, it, it just amplifies you. Where he was struggling before and would have dark thoughts or want to do bad things or cut corners or bend the law. Now that's all of that is amplified and I don't think he has control over it. I don't think it's that he you want to bend the law because he just was like i'm the best i'm an american i'm captain america captain america is the is the man captain america can do no wrong can is, do no wrong is how he's kind of looking at it and he didn't get the fundamentals because i love in that in the second episode uh he runs into bucky and sam and he and bucky asks him have you ever jumped on a grenade he's like yeah there's a trick i do with my helmet it's reinforced it's like that wasn't it's what like, he's asking. He's no. saying, would you jump on a grenade? Would you sacrifice yourself, men? And that's what Steve would do. But he didn't even get it. He's And that just proved he's the right guy. It's, it's not, he doesn't get it. He doesn't. And that's why that's the probably... That's uh, why he's not my cap. That's why he's... New. A U.S. agent, yeah. He's a U.S. agent. So it says that the rest of them are pretty good. And the last episode is... Half amazing and half lets the ball really drop. It The re- resolution for Carly is not as best as we accepted. The whole resolution with Zemo is they promoted Zemo originally as he's going to be a big character. And he really was. And he was just... Way. Which is really lame. And they also... the John Walker, he should not have gotten back immediately. Like, I'm back. I'm good. He's like, you murdered a man on... Why did they even need Zemo? Uh, because he knew where the to find where the serum was made. Because he's obsessed with destroying all super. It just the Zemo element was messed up. The whole Carly thing was messed up. The the Sharon thing, the power broker was messed up. It's the only things that really worked at the I end. I thought they did the Carly thing really well, where you see her idealistic, and then you see her. Oh no, no, the end. Her slowly her, start to lose and become crazy. No, that. Throughout the series we've seen, but I'm saying yeah. the ending, that resolution, oh. yeah. it just was poorly done. The things which were good were seeing Sam step up, and he has a great speech at the Sam's end of the series. Sam's speech is like, oh, stop what you're doing. It's probably in the top three speeches of the series. Yeah. Of all the MCU. That scene is great. Uh, seeing, um, seeing uh, what is his name? Seeing uh, Bucky. Even though that resolution I would have liked a little more. 
I think that I would preferred the sequence of. Him. I like how they're kind of like witty banter, where he's like, you know, we're just a couple of guys, you know, like friends. And we're, well, we're not really friends, but but because they can say they're not really friends and witty banter with each other and train together, they are. That's the. Yeah, I'm gonna I, hit but, you, but only we. I only hit my friends. But I feel like the the scene with uh, Mr. Nakajima should have been a little longer. We should have seen more of his reaction, not just the why. We should have seen him. We should have seen more. We should have seen it because we don't know. We don't know if he cursed out Bucky and never wants to see him again. Or if he knew the entire time or what. Or if he forgave him or... We should have seen the whole sequence. We should have seen it. They could have made it a couple more. They could have got rid of a couple of scenes. But overall, the series is well done. And it is an excellent series that just... Dare I say rewatch. It is rewatchable. It is rewatchable because there's so many little elements, so many little things that are in there that are so fun and just were making me geek out. And I've got to say, everybody does a great job with this. The one, the MVP for the series, I think, well, MVP secondary character, I want to give it to Carl Lumbly because how he portrays Isaiah Bradley with such pathos is excellent. He's just, he's a man who was betrayed and when we first see him, he's such... Just like, get out of my house. Like, I don't want to see you. And then we learn what his story is. And then that ending where we have Sam bring him to the Captain America Smithsonian. Um, what's it called? It's uh, the. It's not an art show. It's the section. The historical section? Yeah. In a museum, it's called a placement. Uh, exhibit. Yes. It's the Captain America exhibit, and he's got a statue to him saying Isaiah Bradley, uh, one of the other super, the only other super soldiers, saved his platoon, and was. And it's a great scene of him just seeing that he's not going to be forgotten. And this guy who he said no one's going to give a shit about, like he proved that he's something special, like he said that he's a good man. It's a great sequence, and I think Carl Lumley does a great job with that. What what else? Uh, other. Other standouts in the show besides them. I think Danny Ramirez as Joaquin Torres. Nice Easter egg, but because he's supposed to be the next Falcon, but yeah, you didn't need him. But yeah, you didn't need you didn't need or him. you needed more of him. Yeah, it's either or. It either was not enough of him, or we didn't need him at all. Didn't need him. Uh, Cleo Bennett. But he was also the one who like figured out the spike of the. Flash mob. He thing. was a guy in the chair, which you should have him doing other things. Uh, Clee Bennett as Lamar Hoskins, aka Battlestar. Nice use of an obscure character, but they could have done. They could have saved him. They didn't have to kill him off. Uh, who else is there? Uh, nice seeing Florence Kusamba back as Io from the Dora Milaje in this. Nice seeing her because last time we saw her was her getting into essentially a cat fight with Black Widow in Civil War. Saying move. And then uh, the surprise cameo. They said the big cameo of the series. Just like how in WandaVision it was. What's the cameo? It's Vision. But it's White Vision. That's their big cameo. This one, the big cameo was Julie Louis-Dreyfus as Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. And it's setting up for something big. But I don't know if we really needed her. I I like seeing her because she's a funny actress, but it feels... But she also feels... She's funny. She's still funny, and she feels a bit dark. But I don't know if... She, well, one, I, I'm not sure if she's the right person for this because she... I don't know. 
It just felt weird with her. Like, cause maybe she's giving off the, I'm funny, and then she's going to do something horrific. I want to see more menace when they bring her back. But I feel like she's the type of villain that's going to be like, I'm funny, I can do that, but um, all of my enemies get skinned alive. And then I turn them into boots. Like, I feel like she's, like, twisted in a dark way. I hate to bring up this character because we said we weren't going to bring up this series anymore. She reminds me of Sigourney Weaver from Defenders, where she had so much potential and then she drops the ball on that series. I don't want, I want her to do good. I would do good because it's a very fine, like, if depending on where it's going. And that's actually, well, let's get to it. The future of the series now. First off, we don't know if we're going to get a sequel series, even though I do love the end of the series changes Falcon to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Kind of cool. But the next, um, they're making Captain America 4, and it's actually going to be written by Spellman, the executive producer, and the series writer, Delon Musan. They're going to be writing the script for Captain America 4, which is going to star Sam Wilson as Cap. I'm excited. I like Sam Wilson as Cap. Hashtag, he's my Cap. I'm excited to see it. And he's going to be a great face for the new series of Marvel, I think. Kind of Is Zemo going to be? I don't know. I would hope so. Keep him around. Because he's in the raft. Because at the end of the series, he's in the raft. But that kind of... Yeah, because he's not... If, I, if he was in Wakanda, oh, he... there's no way he can escape. But he if he's in the raft... And that actually leads to something pretty potential. Now, there are two potentialities for where the series could go with Zemo and with um, U.S. Agent. John Walker. It could either go the route of the Thunderbolts, which would make sense for Zemo because the Thunderbolts, originally run by Zemo, are run by General Thunderbolt Ross, who currently runs the Raft. So it makes sense him using a bunch of villains who are on the Raft to make a superhero team, essentially the Suicide Squad. The other option, though, which it could be, is they might be going like with Contessa uh, Fontaine making the Dark Avengers, where U.S. Agent is going to be the leader. Which makes sense. Especially since his uniform is black. I don't know. I don't. I mean, it also hints. There's one other little thing. Or that is that it, too literal? Might be. But there's one other fun little potential. Also, how can you spin him as being a good guy after everyone saw, like, people were live streaming him kill the guy? Oh, oh, the dark, the Thunderbolts are, were there. Well, Thunderbolts made sense because they're heroes who do the bad thing. But now it's the. But the Dark Avengers are, we're pretending to be the heroes. Like, I'm dressed up as Hawkeye, but I'm not Hawkeye. It's Bullseye's pretending to be Hawkeye. Venom's pretending to be Spider-Man. It's, it's, I don't know. The other thing is we got introduced to one other actor, or one other character in this. Elijah Richardson was introduced. Now, he is playing Eli Bradley, the grandson of Elijah Bradley, who in the comics becomes the superhero known as Patriot, who is a founding member of the Young Avengers and a member of the Champions. And we're getting the leader of the Champions in her own TV show in half a year in with Miss Marvel. So we might be getting, it might be setting up for the Champion. Huh. Or the Young Avengers. I prefer Champions over Young Avengers. Huh. Because we have all the other people coming in because we have Cassie Lang who is uh, Scott Lang's daughter. She becomes stature. She becomes a giant girl. We have the new Hawkeye series, which is going to be having Hawkeye pass his bow to Kate Bishop. That's three. And then in... Is that the one they just announced? Yeah. That's the girl that's hanging out with him. And then in Doctor Strange 2, slight little spoilers from some of the images we've seen, guess who's going to be showing up in Doctor Strange 2? Two people are showing up. 
her twins who oh. end up being reincarnated as other characters who become part of who become part of the young young avengers so it's setting up for it looks like so there's a couple of different possibilities i think but overall out of our rating system i have to give this a uh, borrow French code to stream it. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. There are issues, and it does it doesn't exactly stick the landing. There's some great elements in like the main story of of Bucky and Sam that sticks the landing. It's just the secondary things kind of mess it up, and that's where I would put that. I think it's highly rewatchable. I think I think stop what you're doing now and watch this. You think it's that good? Yeah. It's good fighting, but it's not horrific. I mean, I okay, I did look away a few times. It's a great story. I love there's a bro ship that's forged. It's a bromance, let's be honest, it's a bromance. There's and then it leads up to it. You know Sam is going to be the next Captain America, but when you finally get to see it, you're like, this is what I wanted. I don't know. I, I I had it gave me all of the feel. I laughed. I cried. It does. I out of the two hated the bad captain. Love the good one. But I mean, like a, it's what but you that's want. That's a good villain if you hate him. If you hate him. Oh, I a, hated him from the beginning. And it wasn't as bad. He's a. No, I I take that back. I just liked him from the beginning, and then I really. But you don't want him gone because he's a good villain. You're like you want to see. I do want him gone. I want him on the raft. That's well. We'll see how where that. Goes. No one brought him to justice for killing the guy. No, they did. No, they did. But but I mean, he got a con- slap on con- the hand. Contessa Fontaine made a point. Like, if you weren't caught, they would not have complained. But you got caught. Yeah. It's like you got caught with a live stream. If you hadn't been, you could have killed all of them, and they wouldn't have cared. Yeah. There's a lot of politics in this one. It's true. Yeah, I think I love it despite the politics. The political intrigue makes it a. More of a political adventure, like a spy thriller. Not a spy thriller like Winter Soldier, but it's it's a military adventure like that. Yeah, and I appreciate that it's a military adventure. I wouldn't want to be having to live in that world dealing with half of everybody all of a sudden coming back and having to figure all of that out. I can see where that's the issue that they're all trying to figure out. It's worse that if someone who like was married, their wife died, they got remarried, and then the first wife shows up. It's been like, yeah. yeah. You got some splaining to do. We didn't even get into those other elements that we didn't. Anyway. So compared to WandaVision, better or worse? I like it better than WandaVision because I wasn't lost, but I still really enjoyed WandaVision. I think it's different than WandaVision. It's a more coherent story, but there's some elements about WandaVision really liked. So I'm kind of on the fence. We'll see. I will rank them on how they go once we see because Loki is coming out in a month, and we'll see where that goes. Let's be honest. Loki's going to either be a dumpster fire or it's going to be amazing. And it already got checked for season two. Good. It's going to have I a second season. Loki? He's getting a second season. I'm excited for Loki. Because everyone's like, it's going to be Loki. It's going to be Tom Hiddleston being sexy and playing. I don't think he's that sexy. I think he's... I mean, he's good looking, but I think he's also like... A really good guy in real life, and you get to see parts of that and how everybody talks about how he interacts with them. And then he's good at playing the bad younger sibling. And if you if you have any siblings, he nails it. 
He does. He does. He's great playing the character. He's been playing him for over ten years, and I'm excited to see that this is. Yeah, this is, I like it. This is Loki from the end of the first Avengers. This is not Loki who's had a redemption arc, and Luke Wilson being in this. Well, oh, sorry, Owen Wilson is in. Them. Luke Wilson is on DC. He's <laughs> he's the one that doesn't like more. So that's funny. One is on is working for DC. One is working for Marvel. That is very funny. It's hilarious. Yes. So we will actually go over that soon. Because also, at the same time as Loki starts, his brother's TV show starts too. Yay! We get to see a return of the worst superhero, but actually get a lot of other cool characters with them. Yay! Yes, we're talking about Stargirl Season 2. But, yeah, so I think that's it. It's skippable. No, Season 1 was... There were some good things that you really liked with Season 1. I did. You liked Season 1. Season 2, we'll see. You just you disagree with me that the main character is terrible. Yeah. Uh, the actress, not the character. I think she plays a good teenage girl. Yeah, but she's not a good superhero. I think she plays a good teenage girl. Well, we have th- three more teenage super teenage superhero girls coming out, and uh. we'll see which one's better. I, my bet is that it's going to either be uh, what's her name, Iman, what's her called, is Kamala, or yeah, I'm excited about her. Or the girl is Kate Bishop because that looks fun because it's Jeremy Renner being a dick and. Uh, and her being like the also completely student. off subject. There's a Powerpuff Girl coming out. Oh yeah, that's right. The Powerpuff TV show, which comes out on WB, of course, or CW. Of course, it's on CW because teenage girls. They also have Nancy Drew. I like Nancy. Either way, I think that's it for this episode of Zan Superhero Extraordinary. Uh, no, Zan's Extraordinary Superhero Examination, where we discuss the things we talked a lot of stuff we didn't go too into some it was very shotgun effect but i think that worked out pretty well uh one last thing the music in this show was well done there are some great elements to it and i think standout line or my favorite line from the series was zemo talking about trouble man and be like it's a what are you talking about it's a great story which shows the accomplishment of this and uh, I forgot the entire line. He's like, it's like it shows shows the black man struggle in America, and and Sam's like, I can't believe I'm saying this because he's nuts, but he has a point. <laughs> like that line, and of course the speech that Sam gives at the end of the series. His speech is so awesome. It is well said, well put. Anyway, so remember to check out our, the podcast. Uh, Check out all the other episodes, www.spirekin.com. You can email me at zanspirekin.com if you have any rants or questions or if you want any thoughts. And we will talk to you guys soon. We're Gonsville. I am Zan. I'm Greta. We're, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Keep watching comic book stuff. Bye. <laughs>